Welcome back to In The Loop Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Joe, and I am really excited about this brand new series that we are bringing you called Behind the Brand with the Ag Truck Trader Pro Rodeo Team. Y'all get ready. We have some amazing rodeo athletes that we are going to be interviewing through this series and talking all things agricultural and rodeo. We are the Certified Agricultural Group, and this is the smartest way to buy your next ranch truck SUV through agtrucktrader.com or any certified ag truck trader dealer. And once you do that, you sign up for your free ag pack and you get exclusive rebates. So go check us out on agtrucktrader.com. Y'all get ready for this series. It's going to be a wild one. Sit down, buckle up. Here we go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the In The Loop podcast. My name's Pat Driscoll. I'm the CEO for the Certified Agriculture Group, home of Ag Truck Trader. So I just want to encourage you to help Jordan Joe and the rest of the Ag Truck Trader team do good in the rodeo community. Check out each one of their social media streams. Go to Ag Truck Trader and look at the professional rodeo team tab. There's going to be a QR code there. Scan that QR code, get your AgPack ID number, and when you do buy a truck or an SUV, buy it from a certified ag dealer and use that AgPack ID number to get your ag back. When you do that, there's going to be a support mechanism behind this team, things that we haven't shared with you yet, good things that they're going to be doing in the rodeo community that you will be a part of helping them do. So, Get your AgPack ID number using that Ag Truck Trader Pro Rodeo Team QR code. And when you buy that truck or SUV, buy it from a certified ag dealer and use that number and help this team out. So with that, we're going to take a short pause and come back with this week's In The Loop podcast. Okay, guys, so I just want to say today is a really exciting episode. We have the whole Ag Truck Trader team here with us. We have Leighton Berry team captain, Taylor Santos, Clayton Sellers, Jackie Ganner, myself. Uh, we are coming at you, guns hot, fire blazing. We're ready to talk all things Ag Truck Trader. So, guys, thanks for coming to the show today. Thank you. So, something that we talked about through this whole series of Ag Truck Trader, we went ahead and we talked to each one of you, which was super fun. I felt like I learned a lot. You know, I obviously got a lot of good things, even though Layton, like I haven't seen you down there pushing yet. I'm, I'm still waiting for that. No big deal. Um, but yeah, so it, it's been really fun and something that we've learned. But one thing that I really, as I went through this episode in these series, there's a lot of things that individual sports of, of all of us team members that I really didn't know about each individual sport. And there's a passion. Each one of us have such an in-depth passion for what we do. And we have all these finite details that go into it. So that's something I really want to talk about today is what we want everybody to know about our individual sport. So Layton, I'm going to start off with you and ask you, what do you want people to know about bareback riding that they don't already know? Yeah, a lot of people don't know that um, we're not exactly just stuck and tied to these animals. Uh, a lot of people get curious about um, how we actually stay on their backs, if it's just physical raw strength or if we're actually, you know, completely tied to these horses where we got to, you know, pull something or press something to get out of there. But um, what's really going on is we've got a special made glove that 
fits to our hand and um, a rigging that uh, is a little bit different than a saddle. It's got a suitcase handle on it. And a lot of work goes into setting these riggings and gloves up to make them fit perfectly and comfortably where they're not tearing our hands up or, you know, causing us to not be able to stay square when we're riding. But um, our gloves actually go in pretty fairly easy. And then whenever we bring them around and squeeze them, um, we've got what we call tits that sit on the end of our glove that meet up with the handle of our rigging where it's going to hopefully keep us in there until we're ready to come out. And then the same sequence of running our hand in, we drop our elbow, our hand should come out nice and smooth. That way, if anything's going wrong or if you get in a bind, you can, you can get out of the crazy train situation. And, uh, yeah, it can be, it can go either way sometimes, but, um, that's why you need to look at the pros or the veterans to learn how to set your rigging up when you're young. And, um, hopefully not be too tight in there that you can't get out, but um, enough where you're not going to come out during the eight seconds. So break that down for me a little more. Like when you, you go and get your rig and made, do they design it to your hand? Do they measure your glove? Like, or, or is it just like standard? Here's your options. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So when you call Brent at Barstow per rodeo, he's the one that makes our bareback riggings. Um, riggings range in sizes and there's different styles. I believe there's about four different styles of riggings, whether it be a, um, a Texas high lift, a regular high lift. There's an Oki and a Cajun and I believe a Wyoming high lift actually. And a lot of these were named after some of the bareback riders um, over time that have done the specs on the riggings and changed certain things. And, uh, and then our gloves come from Sean Shield and Blackfoot, Idaho, and they're the same deal. They got sizes ranging from seven and a half to 10 and a half. If you've got a, a NFL size hand, and um, the Reagans are the same way and kind of the way you want to do it is nine out of 10 times. Um, like, for instance, I ride a size nine glove, but a 10 and a half rigging. So usually you want your rigging to be a little bit bigger than the glove that you're riding with. <clears throat> so that allows for extra room to set up what's called our shelf, which we set a shelf up with um, JB welder epoxy. There's screws that we we everything that we do from the rigging whenever it's just bare, um, nothing but a handle. Um, about an hour and a half, two hours of work goes into it before we can even pull it down on a horse. And um, Brent kind of makes it uh, where it's set up to where we can customize the handle to to fit our, you know, what we like. So uh, we bust the drill out in the in a Dremel, and it kind of turns into sculpting a piece of heart. Really, um, we'll sit there and we put screws in that rigging to make sure it sits a certain way. The shelf will go in first. Uh, we shave down that shelf to where it feels comfortable on the bottom of our hands, uh, glue a piece of leather over the top of that, and then we'll actually shave off sides of the handles to make sure our hand is uh, coming around where we can keep our shoulders square. So, And everybody's a little bit different. Um, some guys like a um, more of a mid-lift rigging where it's not sitting up off the horse's back so much, and I prefer a Texas high-lift rigging where it sits up just a little bit more. And then you can go all the way up to, to the Oki high lift where it sits up really high and you can have a lot more room for your hips. And um, yeah, it just ranges from however you start or however you, you're taught to ride. Um, a rigging can really set up for your style. So, um, and it's always good to feel out a few different ones when you're learning to see which one you really like. But once you stick with something, it's good to probably keep it the same and uh, yeah, and just keep, keep rocking with what you know. Well, and that's one thing I love about everybody on this team. Like you want to talk about finite details, like we can break it down and talk that all day long. And sure. I think that's what really sets us apart. But one question that I have for you too, that, that like really interests me. And I got to know a little bit when I was in Canyon as an assistant rodeo coach there, Dr. Greg Vinniclausen is huge in the bucking horse world. And he loves those horses more than life itself. And the genealogy and the genetics and all those things were huge. And so I got to to know the horses personally a little bit and, you know, see them in and out of the arena. 
And so I thought that was really neat. But talk a little bit about the the quality of these horses that you're getting on and and share with the fans a little bit about, you know, we all see them in the arena, but there's so many different techniques. Everybody has their own individual techniques to, you know, dressing a horse up or, or using your style to do this and that. So break that down for us just a little bit more. Yeah, the bloodlines have come a long, long ways in the in the Buck and Horse breeding program. Um, if you watch NFRs back in the 90s, uh, you'll see how, you know, what we like to say, maybe their very best horse or their world champion Buck and Horse might be the worst horse that we get on at the NFR um, in 2023. So the bloodlines have come a long way. There's certain studs that have come along in Pro Rodeo that have really helped change the game whether it be a night jacket, um, that's the big paint horse. That's why you see a lot of the flashy exotic um, horses that go with the names uh, jacket or night in them. Uh, there's probably about 25 of them that you'll see, or maybe even more at the NFR this year. And um, you got commotion of Benny Butler's graded coconut of the Calgary Stampede and <clears throat> quite a few other studs that have came into the game of rodeo and they were just built a little differently and uh, bucked a little differently, usually harder and more explosive. And once they got those bloodlines going uh, in the late nineties, uh, early two thousands, we started to see um, Colts coming along that just seemed to be a little bit better than horses used to be where they got off the ground more, which is as a bronc rider or a bareback rider, uh, the, the more a horse gets off the ground, not only is it, is it more points usually for us, but it's definitely um, an, easier feeling ride than one that's not wanting to get off the ground as far. So um, these stock contractors have done an amazing job on producing awesome horses and um, they seem to just get bigger all the time and prettier and flashier. And, you know, now you're seeing horses that manes go well below their neck and their tails drag the ground and they almost look like something out of a dash of fame or something. So, um, <laughs> but they're, uh, they're pretty special animals and um, man, I got to give it to all the stock contractors that are each and every day or, messing with these colts are such a long process before they can actually go buck at the rodeo whether it be dummy bucking them as two-year-olds before they see a rider or just plain old loading them in the chute and feeding them a bucket of grain and petting on them just to get them to realize that no different than a horse backing in their open box that that's where they need to be calm or a barrel horse going in the alley where you can try your best to make them calm um bucking horses need to be taught along just the same way and you, people would be pretty amazed at how gentle these animals are and of course, they're not rideable, but um, they're born to buck and that's all they know. But a lot of times you could put your five-year-old kid on the back of them in the buck and shoot and they just turn around and lick their lips. So they're pretty special animals. Well, and that's one thing I think that really is needs to be shared and, and educated with is they are, this is what they're born to do, but they're, they're trained to buck. Like that's what they love to do. You know, just like we train our horses to rope and to run barrels and all the things they're literally trained to buck. That's their job. And they sincerely love it. Like I remember one time at Dr. Greg's, he, he does, he runs them through the chute and they do a lot of breeding there. And, you know, top hat was there and she just walks through the chute and just walks in there. I mean, you wouldn't even know own that she's not wild she's not crazy she yep. knows her job and as soon as they spilled that gate open like she let off a few a few good hops you know and then kind of went off about her way but like they that's their job and they love to do it and that's that's what they were made for and so I think that that's something people think oh my gosh these animals are wild and they're they're scared and they're 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 not they know their job and they they love it like it's their sincere joy to get you guys off their back like that's their job and so i think that that's something that's pretty neat that i've learned about your sport yeah it's it's pretty amazing and i, I guess people can get misconcepted and think that we're trying to torture these animals to to make them do what we want them to do and or people just uh, don't understand that they are actually 
bucking horse bred. They're they're not uh, quarter horses. They're not you know Arabian horses. They don't. They're they're a lot different. They are literally in a bucking horse breeding program. Their moms, dads, cousins, sisters, brothers, everything around them was was bred a bucking horse. And then oftentimes uh, you might come to a rodeo and you'll you'll see a horse buck with a brand on, on the hip, and then you might see a a pickup man riding a horse with a, a numbered brand on their hip. And that doesn't mean that they got that horse and decided to brand it for themselves. That was a <clears throat> ex bucking horse that maybe as a colt decided that they didn't want to play. And then right. if you got the right, got the right cowboy, uh, you can go out there just like any other broke horse and start to halter break them and saddle break them and start to ride them around. And I myself have, have gotten to do the same thing and watch uh, other really handy cowboys uh, turn bucking horses into great pickup horses. And some of them are really big and strong. So you'll see a lot of them out there hauling, pulling bulls out whenever they don't want to leave the arena. So they, these horses don't want to do it. They definitely won't. And um, nothing happens to them if they don't. They either get used for something else or maybe their bloodlines are awesome and they just get set up to be a, um, a broodmare or anything like that. So there's always a purpose for these bucking horses. And, um, yeah, not much goes into making them buck. All, all there is is a sheepskin flank that goes underneath their belly. And the stock contractor will set that flank where um, the D's on each end will just barely touch each other. So, I mean, it's so much as maybe tightening your belt one more hole than you normally have it. And that just tells those horses, hey, when you leave the buck and shoot, this is going to come tight. And they think that that they can kick the flank off. So it's just tight enough where they can't. And um, that's literally the only mechanism that triggers them to buck. And if they turn out of there and don't want to, then they can absolutely stand right there and lick their lips. And you're going to get a re-ride. So, yeah, yeah, they're animals and they got minds just like ours. And, and they get to pretty much choose what they want to do. Well, and that's why we love it. But. I think that was very great. Thank you for sharing that with us about your sport. And and like I said, I continually love to learn. And I think that that's the biggest thing is just educating everybody on all the individual things that we love. So, Jackie, I'm going to move to you next. You uh, you look beautiful, by the way. Jackie's got a photo shoot coming up today. So, uh, so Jackie, tell us a little bit about barrel racing. You know, something that we all see. We see you guys. We see you guys run in, which I read in the ground rule. You have to run in. You cannot walk. You know, um, somebody, some people walk in, some people run in, but anyway, tell us something about barrel racing that we maybe don't know as a public viewing eye. I think people maybe don't realize how much our patterns change all the time. Um, like you'll see comments on cowboy channel or whatever, or like, uh, oh, that was like a really slow run or whatever. And it might be, you know, as fast as you could have been on that pattern with that ground. Um, like even during the summer, it's crazy. We'll run on standard patterns all the time, which have the same measurement, same regulation, same everything. But the times will vary up to a full second because of our ground conditions. You know, if it's really hard, really skaty, you'll see super fast times on a standard, like break records, holding yards. And then if it's an arena where the ground's dug up and it's super deep and you're struggling to get through it, we'll start running, you know, closer to like an 18.0 on a standard. And then you go places like San Antone and you're running in the 14s. And I think a lot of times um, kind of the general public thinks that we run on the, the same pattern every time. And it's crazy how much things change and how much we have to adapt and our horses have to adapt to like, we'll show up and the pattern will be crooked to the arena or crooked to the alley or, you know, uh, there's a lot that that changes pretty much everywhere we go with rodeo, especially during the summer. The the building rodeos are more or less kind of the same. Um, even but you go to Denver and it's 
we were running crooked, like our third barrel's over in the corner instead of, you know, by the rope and shoots like it normally is. And so, yeah, it's, I do think that can be like a misconception or maybe people don't realize how much our horses have to adapt to those changes in uh, different size patterns and different ground, different setups, the whole nine yards. Well, and I think that that's something too, that I've really learned as I've watched you guys run barrels and at the pro rodeo level, especially is it really makes a difference when you're up the ground conditions and all of those things. Just like, for instance, we just came from Belleville, Texas. And when I wrote, when I roped, it was like sloppy, muddy mess, which I mean, I'm not going to say that really it doesn't affect us as much as it does you because we're just roping a little farm animal and we don't have to get off. So it's really not that big of a deal. <laughs> but, um, you know, there were several ladies that walked up there and they were like, hey, you know, I'm not even going to run today because I know it's going to get dry and I know they're going to win everything in the purse. And so it really does make a difference and knowing and you guys know to an art like what these rodeos are like, what the ground conditions are going to be and when the best out is to have the best chance at winning money. It is. Yeah. Like that happens to us all the time in outdoor arenas. You pull up and it's rained a little bit or it hasn't rained. Sometimes rain will help ground and you have to know those arenas and know the ground and know what's going to help it or not help it. And sometimes, you know, you'll have driven 10 hours, get there and you just have to turn around and walk off. That happened to me this summer at uh, Cody and Livingston. Two of the biggest 4th of July rodeos. I got rained out at both of them and it it was what it was. I had to not run at either one of them. And I, there's nothing you can do about, about rain, about mother nature. And so I do think a big part of our sport is knowing when to capitalize on that. Because occasionally you'll get to an arena that it'll flood and it'll be standing water. And that'll be the perf that you're going to win all the holes out of. And yeah you know, a lot of people would look at it and be like, oh man, that's standing water. I'm not going to run in it. And depend if it's sand, that might help it. You might be faster than the girls that run and dry. And so it is, it's definitely a learning curve on learning those arenas and learning the ground and knowing what your horse can handle and, you know, trying to capitalize on, on the opportunities when you don't have any control of it, but it's, it's what's ahead of you. Well, and I think our ag truck trader listeners could probably benefit from barrel racers because y'all are either really good with the ground or you're like weather women. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, you you know all these things. Um, but yeah, I think that's very true. And that's something even watching you guys I've learned is it just makes such a difference. And it just it it really helps on the entering and all those things like you have to get up, hopefully at the right time within your control and things like that. So it makes a really big difference. And um, I think that's great for everybody to know. So I appreciate that. Yeah. All right, Clayton, we're rolling into the boo riding. All right, so what would you tell the fans and the listeners something that they don't know about bull riding that you would like them to know? You know, I, I, I kind of hear a lot of the misconception of like, uh, you know, bulls just being mistreated, and uh, you know the fact or the, you know, the notion that the flank ropes are kind of a violating mechanism but uh truth be told they're not i mean just like the bucking horses that Layton touched on like these bulls are bred to buck you know it's what they do you know there's i don't even know how many of them in the world but they're they're probably the most taken care of animals out there i mean they the good ones are getting baths and shampoo and you know getting loved on by kids and 
you know, just there's there's a lot of stuff that goes into taking care of buck and bulls, and they're uh, they're not mistreated by any means. Um, second thing is, uh, you know, bull riders aren't crazy. <laughs> Are you sure? That. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, most of us ain't, anyways. You know, this is a it's a job for most of us. You know, we're not just we're not just chasing some uh, some thrill or some rush. You know, I, I get that a lot. You know, you must be an adrenaline junkie, people tell me. And, you know, but that's not the case. I mean, it's it's just, uh, you know, the set of skills that I was blessed with when I was young and the the ones that I chose to to keep practicing and, and keep using the rest of my life. And, you know, it's uh, it may not look like a sophisticated game, but to us, it feels like a it feels like a sport that that we can never just be perfect at. and you know, it leaves us with something to work on uh, daily, and you know, it's just uh, just one of those games that just keeps you coming back because it's it's hard, and uh, it it really feels worth it when you can when you can put a good bull ride together. So, that, I think that's why why I love bull riding so much. Well, and you know, one thing I want to say about your first answer was I was literally we, we, at the circuit finals at the Texas circuit finals. We walk in and we sit in the back alley before we walk up there. And there was two bulls last night right next to my horse. And one of them was literally licking my stirrup. Like, <laughs> I mean, so yeah, they're, they're totally, they think they're part of the family. And, and I'm not saying that they're all like that because they're animals, but at the same time, like they really are these, these stock contractors are with these animals day in and day out. They are like family to them and they are a part of how they make their living and vice versa. And so they take better care of them than they do themselves. So I have seen that as a testament. I've seen little kids give bulls cookies, um, treats, all the things like, it's just really neat to see, but to touch on your second one, you know, I really want to say that I think as I've watched the sport grow and and just been more of a part of pro rodeo, I've noticed like you guys are making small, infinite decisions day in and day out, mentally, physically, emotionally. Like you, we've seen a lot of of the rough stock riders start, you know, really working on their fitness program, um, y'all's diet. Um, you know, you guys are tiny little suckers. I mean, bless your hearts. You got to be hungry, but. Um, you know, those little things make a big difference to you guys. And then, you know, we talked about the mental, mental side of it too, you know, doing this day in and day out. So touch a little bit on how you've seen that part of your sport evolve while you've been doing this. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that, that's kind of big being the big topic of just my young career. Like when I first came on the scene, you know, the workout regimen was like, course, like, Marlboro's you know cheeseburgers type deal like no one really did any working out or training uh it seems like nowadays you know there was JB he was about the only one that doesn't work out and he's now retired so pretty much the whole NFR locker room and the bull riding bareback riding and bronc riding are are all like pretty lethal athletes really uh which I mean, just a few years ago, that was not the case. So, no, I think most of us do it because we got to keep up with the other guys that are doing it. Um, That's not the case for me. I've always liked to kind of train a little bit, just playing like high school sports and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, the whole game just changed because 
I mean, the caliber of bulls have gone through the roof. Like, these bulls nowadays are just, I mean, they're just off the chain. They're, it's amazing, really. I mean, if you, if you break down some bull riding videos, like from the PRCA or PBR, wherever you want to find these videos and just watch them in slow motion or you just watch them live. I mean, it's, it's amazing the the athletic ability of the bulls. So, I mean, we're just trying to keep up with the times, you know, we're, uh, bulls are getting better. So we got to get better. Yep. Well, and I love that. And I think that's what makes you a champion in now the arena. So thanks for, for sharing that with us, but Taylor, come to you next. You are a cowboy in two of the toughest sports that there is, uh, steer roping and calf roping. And there's so many misconceptions about those sports. So if you were going to share any, uh, any of those highlights on what you would like people to know about your two events, what would you, what would you say about that? Absolutely. Um, and I think it, you, the first thing you got to do is just go back to the tradition, uh, and what, what kind of started the sport, um, both of those techniques, both in the calf roping and the steer tripping, um, are, are both used to doctor cattle whenever they're sick. And if, if anybody likes to go have a, a burger at Whataburger, um, which I would, I would go to in and out obviously over Whataburger <laughs> uh, or go have a ribeye or steak, steak and shake or go over, yeah, a ribeye somewhere. Um, those techniques, uh, just in the daily cowboy uh, world are used to, to take care of those animals and, and keep them healthy or if, you know, if they get sick and need some antibiotics or anything. Um, so they're, they're truly, you know, a tradition um, that has been used uh, for all, you know. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one of the things like tie down roping was, is in one of the oldest events in rodeo. Um, and, I, I say, you know, we watched my husband, he loves to watch films and, you know, I say, it's, it, is this not America's pastime? Is this not America's favorite sport? You know, um, so it is. And and I think that there's been a lot of misconceptions. You know, we take better care of these animals than literally a lot of people do themselves. Um, these calves are getting great quality feed. They're getting great quality medicine. They're getting transportation, all of these things. Um, we really do look out almost for the cattle and the livestock more than we do for our cowboys in, in the PRC, WPRA. So elaborate a little bit on that and how you've seen that evolve as you've, as you've tied down and, and been a steer tripper. Absolutely. Um, to me, it's just, it's became, you know, the, the rodeo aspect of it has just became a competition on, you know, how good a cowboy can you can you be if an animal needed to be doctored or something? So how fast and delicate can you do it? And especially in the steer open, um, you know, it's, it's the most efficient way to, to make a run is to ease them down gently and keep them comfortable. I know whenever I started and, and went to Trevor's to learn how to tie steers, um, it was all about keeping them low and slow and just keeping them comfortable uh, where, where it was easier on everybody. Um, but I know every day at my house, uh, I get, get my first cup of coffee, and uh, that's, that's where I go. I, I go to the calf pen, I go to the steer pen, and those are the first priority. And I, mm -hmm. make, sure, I make sure I check on them um, just because first, first thing in the morning is kind of whenever you'll see the sickness uh, the most evident. But. And then I feed my horses and before I ever have breakfast. 
Um, and same thing in the evenings. I mean, that's, that's what you do. You go check your cattle and your horses, uh, before you go have dinner. So I think people just, um, it's good to realize like they do eat before we do, you know, um, cause they, they are our pride and joy and, and we're not able to live this lifestyle without them. Well, and that's just what I was about to say, you know, without these animals, these equine athletes, these animals to be able to rope on, um, and rope. We, we can't do this, you know, and, and that is something that we always put first. And, and, you know, I think you would go to a lot of people's houses and their barns, probably a little bit nicer than their house. Um, you know, so talk a little bit about horsemanship. You've had some great horses through your career and you still do, but talk about what it takes day in and day out to keep these horses working, functioning at their best abilities and, and helping you to get your job done. Absolutely. Uh, I was super blessed growing up. Um, I'm a fourth generation cowboy from California. Um, my grandpa was a vet. And so growing up, that was, that was always a big thing. Um, making sure my horses felt good and, you know, weren't sore in any areas and it, it allowed me to be able to do my job better. And so I've, I've kept that tried and true throughout my career. Um, and you just have to adapt for each different horse, what they need. Um, but I've like my, my good steer open horse, uh, he probably lived at the rehab facility for three months last year um, just to get the best care and try to get his muscles strong enough to to be able to hand, handle the wear and tear of the summer. Yeah, well, and I think you nailed it on the head. I mean, it's it's something that we do day in and day out. We put our animals first. One thing I've heard everybody in this group say here today is that we adapt. We adapt in whatever situation we're in. And so um, I really appreciate that about it. And, you know, I think that everybody needs to know these things. But, um, okay, I guess I'll ask myself this question. Um, if I wanted to, are you going to ask me, Lane? I, I was. I was waiting on you to get done. Mm, okay, let's go. Miss Jordan, could you tell us something about the breakaway rope and that we might not know? I think that one thing I would really like people to know about the breakaway rope. Well, we are crazy. I'll say that. I mean, if, if you haven't learned, we're crazy. Clayton said he wasn't crazy, but I'm I'm crazy. So um we're not a mandatory event. We are an invited event. And so everywhere that we get to compete is a blessing for us because they don't have to have us. Um, you know, we, you've seen Cheyenne was one of the first rodeos that led us in and gave us equal opportunity. And now so many rodeos have followed suit there. Reno this last year gave us equal money, big rodeos, small rodeos, medium rodeos. So that's been really huge for us. And as, as far as our careers go and everything, man, the breakaway ropers are coming in bukus and numbers. I know Jackie and I talked about, you know, we definitely take up all y'all, all y'all's parking spots, um, and stalls. But uh, yeah, so it's it's not a mandatory event. So we're still are in it. We have an NFR, which is amazing, but we still don't have equal money there. We're still working our way up. You know, one thing I think that I've really learned and come to respect about each and every one of you and everybody who's been in rodeo before us is it's hard to be a rodeo cowboy. It's hard to be a rodeo cowgirl. There's so much that goes into it. And I have so much respect for everybody who has come before us. Um, and, and we're definitely, you know, we're doing our due diligence, we're serving our time. And I know that it's going to take some time, but everywhere we get to rope, we literally get to rope because they don't have to have us. And so I think that, you know, that's something you say, well, why isn't the breakaway at the NFR? Well, because they don't have to have us there yet. So we're just kind of working our way up and getting in, you know, it's a fast, it's furious, 
kind of like Jackie, you know, you see the fast times, there'll be ones and then at Cheyenne, they're like, well, how come nobody's throwing in being one? The scores are a lot different everywhere. And I think people kind of know that. But biggest thing for me is we're not mandatory. We're working our way up. We're trying to serve our time and get in there. Um, but we are thankful for everybody who gives us the opportunity to rope and to be at their rodeo, whether it's a small rodeo, medium rodeo, large rodeo. Circuit finals added us in. This is our fourth year of being there. You know, they didn't have to do that. So I'm just appreciative for everybody who gives us that chance. And um, I'm excited for the time when they do, when we are a mandatory sport. So that's what I would like everybody to know. That's awesome. I've always thought that professional rodeo could use more than one women's event. So we're, we're glad to have you. We're, we hope to have you around for a while. Well, thanks. Like I said, we're crazy. I don't think we're going anywhere. So yeah, Love it. that'll be Love good. It. So Layton, we've, we've talked all week long in this series, the last few weeks, we have a huge announcement today that's coming out. Everybody on the ag truck trader team is excited. So I'm going to hand you the reins and let you talk a little bit about that announcement and what we have rolling down the pike. Yeah. So at Ag Truck Trader, I mean, we're, we're going to try to make a difference. And um, I think that this is what this team is for. And um, obviously we're there in the truck business and we want to support that, but to give back to um, not only us in the rodeo community, but just anyone as a whole, um, we're wanting to do a, a charity foundation. And what rodeo fans can do is you can go to the agtrucktrader.com to vote actually on the charity that you want to support. And then hopefully go in there and support that charity. So there's not just one that we're, we're trying to, you know, exactly nail down. So um, we need the support for, you, you know, you guys to go out there and uh, help pick pick the char charity that you would like to donate to. And um, yeah, we just want to try to make a difference and, and do what we can. And um, so go to agtrucktrader.com and select a charity of your choice and uh, let us know what you think. If there's other charities out there that know we think need a light or, or more attention then um, anyone can feel free to bring that suggestion up and um, that's what we're going to try to do to to make a difference and uh, the voting options um, there will be charities for the for everyone's suggestion um, one option will be other where you can write down the charity you want to support and the voting will run until march 1st where we'll kind of decide um, what we're going to do so um and fans can help support the team and the charity by using the Ag Truck Trader Pro Radio Team QR code, which you can find that on my truck. Um, and um, yeah, register for that Ag Pack ID number while you're on there, and um, and you use that ID when when you buy a certified from a certified Ag dealer. And a portion of that sale will go towards supporting those charities. So uh, it's pretty awesome. There's no cost to vote. There's no cost to get your Ag Pack ID number. So it's kind of a win-win if if you can just take two to three minutes out of your day to go on there and register for your AgPAC ID number, choose a charity of your choice, suggest one. And um, yeah, things can start changing from there. Well, and I think that that is, there's so many things I love about this component that first and foremost, we're one of the first teams within the pro rodeo partnership that we are standing together to get behind this charity. You know, you see the NFL, the NBA, all of these big associations do these charities and give back. And so I love that we're all going to stand together, get behind our fans. We're going to have you guys come on and vote because we want your input. We want your opinion. And then whatever is ends up being the end, end result, you know, whether we're going to list the ones that we would like to be a part of for y'all to vote on. But then on top of that, if you're like, hey, I don't see this, I want this on there. Put it in the other column, go on there, 
and then submit it. We'll get all of your submitted responses. You know, it, it reminds me of, you know, when they named the the racehorses for the Kentucky Derby, you know, and it's such a small thing but to be a part of, but we want you guys to be a part of this with us. And then and we're all going to stand behind it. We're going to rally. We're going to try to bring everybody in we can, and then we're going to give back. And, you know, who knows what this looks like in the future? Who knows how many charities we're going to be involved in? And so, I just think it's so cool. You know, I've been talking about this for several years, like wonder why nobody does this. And we're actually stepping up ag truck trader pro rodeo team. We're doing this. So November 1st is when we'll have our polls out. Like you said, it's on your QR code is on your truck. It will be on all of our social medias. Um, you guys can come and talk to us. We can send it to you, anything like that, agtrucktrader.com. But yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to see how much we can give back to somebody because, you know, I mean, one of, and I think we all stand on this, our firm beliefs, but you reap what you sow. And I think, you know, we're Pat and Pat Driscoll and Peyton, when we were talking the other day, we were talking about how we are people serving people. And, you know, there's, I think that that's one thing we can all attest to. We would not be here without so many people standing beside us and helping us. And so it's just, it's exciting that we actually get to give back and, and be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Yeah. And that's why I love uh, being a part of this company and what they're trying to do for rodeo and yes we're trying to bring agriculture into rodeo and, and branch those things together and bring people awareness and we're trying to literally help people save money on their vehicles which in agriculture and rodeo is what we rely on each and every day um so it's it's amazing what they're doing and um and the winner of and the funds will be presented live and you'll have everyone will have to tune in to ag rally um in march and um, it's a one-day virtual farm show on rptv It'll be on March 19th and you can tune in on there. It's going to be an awesome long program. Um, anybody, like I said, in rodeo or agriculture can tune into that. I got to be present up there last year. I'd never even heard of it. And once I got to be a part of it, um, I question why more people don't tune in and watch that stuff because it's awesome. You can learn a lot um, about, about agriculture and then not only uh, let the ag truck trader team kind of explain what they're trying to do. And then now that we got this new charity, uh, some big things are going to happen. So like you said, it's it's awesome to be a part of this. And I'm glad that we have a, a great team that's going to support this. And um, I'm excited to see where the future goes. And I'm just going to open this up to everybody on the team right now. We're, we're going to wrap this up and close this up. But I just want one thing from each of you on, on how you feel, like your thoughts and feelings on this charity and on, on this actor series. Like if you were going to sum a couple sentences, would it be? Uh, Jackie, I'll start with you. I think it's awesome because I feel like to do what we do, it, there's so many people involved. Um, it, each of us individually have to have a huge team of people behind us, helping us out here on the road. And, you know, you have the fans on the cowboy channel and you just have, you have so many people that are involved in making our dreams come true and helping us that I think it's, it's a awesome feeling and an awesome thing to be able to give back and do something for somebody else. Um, it seems like to me, you know, I always have so many people that are supporting me and helping me do everything. And um, so it feels good to be able to, to do something for somebody else and, and give back. Yeah. I love that. Clayton, what about you? Uh, yeah. Kind of along the same lines. Um, I, I think the biggest thing that I really appreciate about everything we're doing and just ag truck trader as a, as a company is, is how is how they can help people in the agriculture industry like just seeing firsthand um from my family you know um saving a little bit of money on an ag pack 
when they buy a new truck uh, can be major in, in any kind of agriculture business that uh, that people are running. Um, I know the ones that we're running. So it's just a, a beneficial company to a lot of people. And um, it's also nice to have a kind of a, a group of people that's in your corner um, like you guys um, in this rodeo world. So, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's a cool thing all around. Yeah, for sure. And I know that that's several people have said, like, is this really too good to be true? Y'all get $30,000 worth of rebates when you buy a truck from agtrucktrader.com, a certified ag dealer. And I'm like, no, really, it's a real deal. Like, it's it's happening. They're going to send you money in the mail. <laughs> so it's yeah. it's pretty cool. But Taylor, what about you? What's your final thoughts on this? Absolutely. Uh, this team and Ag Truck Trader and the Ag Pack, it kind of summarizes the Western way of life. Um, just that we're there for each other in this industry. And I think just with everything going on in our country right now, um, it's a great time uh, for our country or, and for us to kind of stand together in the Western way of life. Yeah. Well, and that's a great topic to touch on too. You know, like that is something that our industry embodies is character, integrity, men and women of our word. We're standing together. And right now that is, like you said, it's something with, with everything going on in Israel and and who knows what's to come. Unity is going to be a big thing. And I think that's something that Leighton also kind of, I steal that from him all the time, but said about our team. And so hundred percent, you know, we're, we're on board, we're sticking together. We're praying for everybody that is going through all the things and, and trying to, you know, do the best that we can to serve and give back. So Leighton, do you want to kind of wrap this up and talk a little bit about our team mission? And I'll let you expand on your unity quote that I've stole over and over again. No, yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's whenever I got, you know, put in this position to bring a, a team of athletes together. That's just kind of what I kept in mind is, um, you know, I've always had a small group of people in my corner growing up um, to help me achieve my dreams. And then if I'm going to be in charge of bringing people together um, for a rodeo team like Ag Truck Trader, uh, that's the first first definition I could come a part of uh, was unity. Um, we're all out here. We're doing different events, um, but our goal is the same. We want to strive to be a better person, a better cowboy, a better cowgirl. Um, we're out here trying to accomplish our dreams, whether it be to win a world title or just win the next rodeo that we're going to. I know a lot of us are competing at, competing at the Texas Circuit Finals, and I know we all have the same goal there, too. So whenever we can have a well roundabout team um, that's supporting each other, and then when we get opportunities like Mr. Pat and, and Peyton and everybody at Ag Truck Trader are giving us to be able to, you know, put some hard work and, and, you know, bring these charities in and actually do some goodness, spread, spread the word of God that way. Um, it's just amazing to be a part of. And I think everybody's excited. Uh, this company has only had this radio team for a couple of months now. And I hope that not only I can say that it's going well and going great. I hope that all of our viewers can um, say the same. And then who knows where we can be a year from now um, with the support that we're getting. and. Um, the every all the backing that we have from Mac Truck Traders. So the future is bright and um, this team is doing awesome. And I just want to pray that we stay healthy and keep moving forward in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that, that wraps it up and sums it up. Thank you so much for taking the time today. If anybody who's listening wants to be a part of this charity, like I said, November 1st, opening votes start. Go online, agtrucker.com, any of our social media profiles. See, Leighton has a truck which has a QR code on it, so it's really not hard to spot him anywhere in the parking lot. Um, yeah, y'all go be a part of it. We want you guys to be a part of it. We appreciate it, and we are really our hearts are serving 
and giving back. And so we're excited that Ag Truck Trader has come alongside of us to do that. Uh, you guys, thank you so much for taking your time today, drinking your, your coffee with us. Uh, good luck wherever you're going next. And I appreciate it. Thanks, Jordan. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for joining us on In The Loop Breakaway Roping Podcast. I truly appreciate all of your loyal support. Don't forget to leave me a review, share this episode with a friend. And if you have any questions, I want to hear from you. Email me at jordan at thebreakawayropingpodcast.com. Go check us out. Sign up for our newsletter. Get our email alerts, text alerts, and all things breakaway roping. I appreciate you guys, and I'll see you down the road.